And welcome to the 65th episode of the Let's Say Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. This is the More Energy at Work series. My primary goal during the series is to help you feel better at work and take your energy level up five notches on the 10-point scale by the end of the series. So if you're feeling like a mediocre 5 out of 10, I want you to feel like a 10 out of 10 by the end of the series. Today, we're going to cover how to boost your productivity at work by getting your body moving. This is vital to our health as warriors, how well we feel and how we perform at work. This is such an important topic for me and something that has revolutionized the way that I work in my own career. So I can't wait a second longer. We have a lot of material to cover. So let's get right to it with our 65th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. So I just want to talk a little bit about why this is such an important Um, Such a personal topic for me. I cannot express my gratitude for exercise and movement and what this has done for my life. It's, It's just been absolutely amazing what I've been able to do over the last seven years with exercise. I've gotten to the point where I... I really don't miss workouts because I know if I do that the quality of my life goes down several notches. And this isn't for me to say, oh, wow, I I work out so much. I genuinely want every single one of you to know what an incredible impact exercise and movement has on our bodies and our minds. This is vital, as I've said several times. And with more sedentary positions than ever, more delivery apps, more people working from home, now society has an even higher urgency to get this piece down in life. Ladies and gentlemen, there are just so many benefits to movement and exercise, which we're going to cover throughout the next three subtopics. And what I'll do is I'll explain some of the subtopics and the science behind each one of these, because I want each one of you to be utterly and thoroughly convinced of the benefits and why you need this in your life. But of course, my favorite part of this series, I need to make a quick disclaimer here. Make sure to contact your physician, therapist, or Um, any healthcare professional, which I am not. I am just somebody who has had a lot of experience within this realm and someone who has gone out, been a guinea pig, and done the research. This is general advice and things for you to try. Okay, disclaimer over. I think I've got the point across. All right, so the first key concept we're going to talk about here is movement. The enemy here is inactivity and lack of movement, which is a silent killer that most of us are unaware of. Experts call this the sitting disease, Too much of it is linked with medical problems, including obesity, cardiovascular disease, and spinal issues. And I'm going to read an excerpt from The Brain Fog Fix, once again, the book that really changed my life and the way that I saw exercise, nutrition, and sleep. In the book, it mentions a 2010 study that found men, even those who routinely exercise, who sat for 23-plus hours a week, had a 64% greater risk of dying from heart disease from those who sat for less than 11 hours. So this, for me, speaks volumes in terms of how much of a negative effect sitting for excessive periods of time can have on us. And even if we're not sitting for 23-plus hours, this does show a correlation between the amount of time that we're sitting and how well our health is. Now, my call to action for those of you who do live that sedentary life, so if you're sitting for extended extended periods of time, what I would recommend for every single hour that you were working or sitting down, set a timer on your phone and make sure that you were getting up and walking for six minutes. And this is the recommendation from the Brain Fog Fix. 
But for a lot of us, we do need to make sure that we are setting timers on our phones and we do get up literally every single hour that we are working. This is one of the best things that you can do. All right. The next key concept we're going to talk about is exercise. Exercise is just so powerful for our energy and mental health. A Duke study divided depressed patients into three groups. The first took the popular antidepressant Zoloft. The second exercised 45 minutes with no Zoloft. And the third took Zoloft and exercised. Four months later, all three groups had similar positive improvements. Fast forward 10 months and what happened? Only 8% of the exercisers saw depressive symptoms return, comparing with 38% of those taking Zoloft and 31% of those taking Zoloft and exercising. This, to me, like I said, speaks volumes. This can be just as powerful as drugs. Before I mention any specific exercise methodologies for maximizing energy, I feel like I really need to cover the number one topic, which is just showing up. The most important thing I can tell you in regards to to exercise is that you need to build a relationship with it rather than just use it as the static thing that you have to do when you're desperate to see short-term results. In fact, a lot of us have this love-hate relationship with exercise because it has become so foreign to us. It's a journey. I will speak to the two main reasons why people typically don't work out or fall off the wagon, so to speak. Number one is busy schedules. And I know how incredibly difficult it is to work out when you do your nine to five jobs and you're just so sucked from energy at the end of the day. And the last thing you feel like is working out. The important thing to remember is you have to absolutely make time to do it. And even when you don't feel like showing up, that is the most important thing. And the second thing to realize is that most people fall off the wagon because working out just sucks for a lot of people. It's not fun. I remember many times going into the gym where I'm just saying, like, why am I doing this one exercise? I don't see how it benefits me. It doesn't make me feel good. Um, It's supposed to make you feel good. When you go into the gym every single day, there is another side of it where you just absolutely feel like you're being invigorated and it's fun. So... Probably my biggest piece of advice when it comes to exercising is pick the routine that you love the most and the one that makes you feel the most confident. It's not going to appear upon itself immediately. It may be a discovery journey. I'll just talk about my journey when I first started working out seven years ago. I picked up the awesome exercise DVDs P90X and I was just absolutely fell in love with it. And for me, this was convenient for me because I didn't have to get a gym membership In fact, I just went out and bought um, a set of dumbbells and they came with the resistance bands. And I remember just coming home and just being able to work out when it was most convenient for me. And I didn't have to make that 20 minute trip to the gym, which for me would have been a commitment. Um, Fell in love with the DVDs and fell in love with Tony Hortons, the person who leads it, his personality. And this is what really did it for me and what started me on my workout journey. After that, I ended up trying another Beachbody DVD and did a different type of exercise, which is more focused on strength and muscle building. And this is when I first really started falling in love with the idea. And then after that, it evolved into me getting a gym membership at the local gym. Uh, For me, it's really been, like I said, this journey and I really don't feel like showing up to the gym every day. I'll be honest. There are certain days where I do have lackluster energy but I still do it. I still am consistent because I know at the end of the day, it's a long-term game. 
And if I get a certain amount of hours per week working out, it is going to elevate my lifestyle. When we exercise, not only are we burning more fat and potentially building muscle through these resistance exercises, but we are also stimulating adrenaline to pump through our bodies. And this is what does make us feel good and gives us that invigorating energy to go out and live our most successful life. One of the best ways that we can actually go out, burn more fat, stimulate muscle growth, and stimulate adrenaline at the same time is the concept of a high-intensity interval training workout. And in my personal experience, this is what has really gotten me feeling good during the workout and even after the workout. Yes, you might be pooped, but at the end of the day, this is something that's supposed to make you feel really good. I don't want to necessarily rip on the people who are just going on the treadmill and jogging casually, but first of all, I know half of you hate it. It's not the most fun exercise to do if you're just going on the treadmill. If you do like the treadmill, then all the more power to you. I like turning on my favorite music and just enjoying that jog here, but the best exercise you can do in terms of your energy and burning fat simultaneously really has to be these high-intensity workouts. I'm going to read an excerpt from The All-Day Energy Diet by Yuri Elkaim. Yuri, I'm sorry if I pronounced your name completely incorrectly here, but I think you have an amazing book and another one that really did change my life. It says, A study performed at the University of New South Wales, Australia, took two groups of people and closely monitored how they exercised and what results they achieved. Group 1 was instructed to exercise in the manner I previously described. 40 minutes of cardio at just above medium level intensity, 3 times a week for 15 weeks. Group 2 took an entirely different approach. When they performed, what they performed is called interval training. This required members of group 2 to exercise at full intensity for 8 seconds, then rest for 12 seconds. So this is the high intensity interval training that we talked about, guys. They repeated these two steps for five minutes and over the course of 15 weeks worked their way up to full 20-minute intervals. The results speak volumes. On average, group one actually gained 1.1 pounds of fat over 15 weeks. This was the treadmill group. While the members of group two, high intensity, lost an average of 5.5 pounds of fat. This truly blows my mind and... Um, when it comes to high intensity interval training, you definitely don't want to overdo it, but you do want to make sure that you are exercising for a shorter amount of time than you would think. So in this idea, it's 20 minutes and at higher levels of intensity. Once again, make sure to go see your doctor if this is something that you are concerned about, your heart rate, whatever. But this does recommend getting closer to that maximum heart rate to stimulate fat loss, which does boost your energy as well. One of my favorite things to do is sprints mixed in with jogging and walking. This is probably one of the simplest forms of high-intensity interval training, but what I will do is I will turn on my favorite music. This is oftentimes EDM, so dance music, and I will jog when the music is building and when the drop happens, the most exciting part, the climax, which there typically are two or three, I will sprint as freaking fast as possible. And let me tell you what a high I get every single time whenever I do this. Use the principle of high-intensity interval training because you're coupling in those jogging moments when you're walking and taking it slow and just pushing it absolutely to the max, pedal to the metal, and giving it your all. And this is when you are really building your muscles 
stimulating energy and burning fat quickly. And believe me, I felt so much better during these exercises and after. All right, is that enough conviction here? Once again, I will go back to the first thing I said during this podcast episode and say, pick the type of exercise that works the best for you, whatever excites you the most, whatever gives you the most confidence, because that's going to be the one that you stick with and you are going to get benefit from. But I would recommend all of us try these high-intensity interval training workouts for a week if your health is permitting. All right, principle number three, we're going to talk about cold showers. And yes, I'll admit this one is experimental because I am always a guinea pig and desire to try new things. Um, This is something that I have had little experience with and I wanted to try Go Rogue because I want to learn things too, guys. But before I discuss potential benefits, I wanted to roll a quick clip here. I did record myself taking one of these so-called cold showers and uh, it just wasn't pretty. So let's roll the clip and I'll share with you my experience. Yeah, so clearly, as you can tell, it was very shocking, I would say, for the first minute. After the first minute, it was a lot more tolerable. But I will admit that, first of all, I'm in Texas, and this did some wonders for cooling down my body temperature after being outside for some time. And I wasn't sweating after my workout like I normally do after I take a warm shower. So this was nice. But I did feel refreshed towards the middle of the shower, and afterwards, I did feel refreshed. I can't speak to personal experience in terms of long-term benefits because this is a new concept to me, but I will discuss some physiological reasons mentioned on medical news today why this might boost our energy. In the article, which mentions these physiological benefits of cold water immersion, uh, they actually cite a study in the British Journal of Sports Medicine, the study is called what is the biochemical and physiological rationale for using cold water immersion in sports recovery within the study they found that cwi which is the cold showers essentially was associated with increased heart rate blood pressure respiratory minute volume and metabolism and this is what they say as one of the best things that you can do to recover after exercise this can be i think a really good benefit here And I would like to delve into why this could potentially give boosted mood. So in this study done by Science Direct, this is by Nikolai A. Shevchuk. It's entitled Adapted Cold Showers, Potential Treatment for Depression. They talk about how this can actually end up treating depression. So in the article mentions, to test the hypothesis, an approach to to treating depression is proposed that consists of adapted cold showers, 20 degrees Celsius for two to three minutes, preceded by a five-minute gradual adaptation to make the procedure less shocking. So essentially having your shower turned warm and then cooling it down after five minutes. This was, quote-unquote, performed once or twice daily. The proposed duration of treatment is several weeks to several months. The following evidence appears to support the hypothesis. Exposure to cold is known to activate the sympathetic nervous system and increase blood level of beta-endorphin and noradrenaline and to increase synaptic release of noradrenaline in the brain as well. Additionally, due to the high density of cold receptors in the skin, a cold shower is expected to send an overwhelming amount of electrical impulses from peripheral nerve endings to the brain, which could result in an antidepressive effect. 
And this just blew my mind because a lot of the times when we think about the things that are associated with depression, we think sometimes the only solutions are antidepressants. And once again, if you are dealing with this sort of issue, do not take my word for it. Just consider this. But I really would recommend seeing a doctor or a therapist. This isn't me trying to treat your problems here. The other thing I did notice, um, and this was mentioned in a few articles here, is that cold showers really are shocking and you are exposing yourself to a high amount of discomfort. So what people hypothesized was if you can pretty much bear these few minutes of discomfort in a cold shower environment or a cold water environment, then you are more likely to be able to apply that to the outside world, such as shaking that first hand at a networking event or that awkward conversation with your boss. And I have definitely seen this as well. And I would recommend putting yourself outside of your comfort zone and trying it out for a week. All right. So these are my top three ways to boost our energy levels through movement and exercise. One of the best things that you can do in addition to nutrition and sleep. My call to action for all of you is to write how you feel on a scale of one to 10 and make sure you are self-aware of how you're feeling. This has been one of my favorite things that I've done over the last few weeks, and I have noticed that my energy levels have gone up for two points here. So mark how you feel throughout the day and try these things out and let me know how you feel. So ladies and gentlemen, this concludes our 65th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. This was the More Energy at Work series. Hope this was incredibly useful, and I'll see you on Thursday. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out letseatgrandma.com. That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services if you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked. And please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search. Pay it forward. Thanks guys for being true warriors and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.